Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back into Sports Talk, doing a little spying for the Saints. Welcoming in from Locked on Bucks podcast, David Harrison. David, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Pretty impressive run this Buck squad has been on. We've been talking about how at the beginning of the season, I don't think anybody really uh, gave the Bucks a chance in this division uh, with Baker Mayfield leading the way and just uh, he's really answered the card. Uh, been a more mature leader, I even feel, too. But uh, the most important thing, obviously, throwing touchdowns and taking care of the football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that second part there is, is, is probably the biggest part of that is taking care of the football. There were there was a string of games there where he was having just turnovers and, and mistakes and missteps and missing wide open guys and, and just having kind of some bad reads. It really felt like he was really pressing uh, at a point in time and it was really kind of hurting the team. They did get a win or two here during that stretch as well, though. So, I mean, that's obviously good when your quarterback is not, you know, maybe fully zeroed in, but you're still able to, to kind of eke out a couple of wins. Of course, playing the Carolina Panthers in their current state will help uh, with that whole situation. But yeah, especially the last two weeks, just been able to really be a leader on the offense for the team and, and, you know, and really help them, you know, take control of this division with, with the chance, obviously to, to hopefully clinch things for them this weekend. Now, uh, you know, David, from a defensive perspective, uh, I've always been a Levante David fan. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I like kind of like Derek Brooks Jr. Uh, now you got to win some to get enough respect. I'm looking at Levante David has uh, what uh, tackle for loss in eight of his uh, past nine games. That's fourth in the NFL right now, 17 tackles for a loss. Uh, but this is an Achilles heel to Saints fans. Uh, now, I think he's dealing with injury. I don't know if he got knocked out. Some happened to him last game. Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, this caught my attention, David. He's the only player. Okay, this is uh, the, uh, It's not like an opinion. The only player since 2000 with 100-plus tackles. He's now at 110. Uh, with 10-plus passes defended, he's at 12, and 5-plus sacks and 5 forced fumbles. Nobody has done that yeah. since 2000. Antoine Winfield Jr., and what Saints fans remember, in the postseason, uh, he caused the Jerry Cook fumble. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, come on. Uh, he is like, he plays way bigger than he is, coming a Minnesota gopher that he is, and you look at the gene pool with his dad and all that. But I look at mm-hmm. Levante David and Antoine Winfield Jr. I don't know if it gets any better than that in the NFL. Oh, hands down. You know, I, I think I think you, you hit the nail right on the head, obviously. And and then you look up front with Bia on top of it. They've really got you know three studs uh, on that defense, one at each level of the defense, to really kind of help uh, make sure that everything comes together. And 
And the good thing about it is, you know, when you look at a defensive lineman and all the things you want him to be able to do, stop the run, pass, uh, rush the passer when, when he's called to, VBA can do those things, led the team in sacks. Last season's had a really good season in, in production that way, especially for a nose tackle. Uh, this season in Levante, same thing, linebacker, sideline to sideline, even with his older age, uh, able to kind of kind of play against father time a little bit. Maybe he took some tips from Tom Brady last year, the last three years. And then Antoine, uh, I think he's, he's, he's advanced past his age. Uh, he's already definitely one of the leaders on the team. And, I mean, just, again, one of the reasons why, despite all the injuries they've had, this defense can't seem to get their two starting cornerbacks on the field at the same time, the same week for an entire game. But despite all of that, you know, they've been able to be effective enough. Uh, again, you know, relatively speaking, you know, the NFC South is fairly weak this season, which I think we all pretty much expected it to be. But like, like you guys mentioned, you know, the Bucks weren't expected to be the cream of that crop. So the fact that they are has as much to do with Baker as it does uh, those defensive guys, those two specifically, but then also beat a bay on top of it. Now, uh, David, uh, going back to now to the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, household names, everyone knows, uh, all-purpose shard leaders. You look at Christian McCaffrey, uh, Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill, and as of late, you look at, like James Cook, uh, our very own Rashid Shahid, what he's done mm-hmm. in the Saints uniform. But uh, how about Rash- Rashad White? I mean, he ranks yeah. third right now in scrimmage yards, career high, uh, right under 1,400 yards. He's fourth in receptions, right, with 56. I mean, uh, th- that has to be uh, one of Baker's uh, best friends, considering uh, I mean, we all know about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But uh, <laughs> did you see Rashad White uh, having this kind of season and his contribution? You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting way to put that because seeing Rashad have this type of contribution, I have to say that I, I would not have predicted that in the beginning of the season, not because I didn't see the ability in there necessarily. I think pretty much anybody who watched Rashad White and his, his evolution with the Buccaneers has seen that he has this ability uh, to do everything that you want a running back to do on the field. The question really has always been when there would be a play caller, an offensive coordinator that was going to maximize all of those abilities and understand that he was a player that could be one of the focal points of this offense. And, you know, Dave Canales early on in the season, uh, you know, didn't really do that. And, in spurts as much as you would want him to, but really as of late especially, has really kind of tapped into the resource that Rashad White is. And, you know, during the stretch there where Mike Evans was getting a lion's share of work, but Chris Godwin was getting blanked, and then Chris would get a lion's share of work, and Mike Evans was getting blanked. They're trying to figure out the balance between those two stars. But in the meantime, they're getting Rashad more touches. They're getting him involved. You know, it wasn't always screen heavy. Like, you know, there's a game recently we had a really big impact, only had three or four catches. So it's not like he's out there catching, you know, seven, eight, ten balls. Uh, game, but they're finding ways to use him the way that the defense will allow him to. And then also having that third weapon is actually starting to free things up for Kate Otten, the young tight end, who's becoming a, a growing part of the offense as well, and really helping them and helping Baker find more balance and be able to be smarter with the ball as they distribute throughout the field. You know, uh, David, another area, um, you look at the turnover differential, and uh, well, you always want to be obviously on the plus side, like the Saints are plus mm-hmm. four, and we're kind of trending in the wrong direction, but we're still on the plus side. But I'm looking at Tampa Bay, uh, a plus 10. Now, a normal, like a fan will look at that, oh, we really must be taking away the football. But when you look at mm-hmm. it, is they're basically not, not giving it away. Now, you are taking it away, but the one thing that has caught my eye is that Tampa Bay is really not turning over the football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, Like I said, there was a small stretch there where Baker was kind of having some football security issues. But for the most part, and I mean, even with those issues, he's only got 
Uh, he hasn't had, you know, more than one interception in a single game this season. And, and you know, obviously the goal is zero every single time you go out onto the field. Uh, but to have no more than one in a single game as a quarterback, at least, you know, mean, especially with the amount of times these quarterbacks tend to put the ball in the air, it at least means that you're you're doing enough to kind of keep your team uh, competitive. But, yeah, no no interceptions in the last three weeks uh, for Baker, only one in December so far. And, and we, all, we all know even with the extra week, I still think December is the most important month of uh, football in the National Football League. So if you're going through uh, the month of December with only one interception as a quarterback, you're you're going to do uh, enough to, to put your team in position. So, you know, while the Buccaneers defense has certainly had their opportunities and certainly had their moments, uh, you know, they start off the game taking the ball away from Kirk Cousins a bunch of times. That certainly helps kind of jumpstart uh, that that ratio. But really, like you just said, it's it's been, uh, you know, solid taking advantage of some of the opportunities to take the ball away, but really just making sure that you're being as, as safe with the football uh, as you can while you try to get the playmakers going. You know what, and David, you look at like scoring offense, scoring defense, and um, I think the one area, and it's like, if that happens, uh, and, and they dominated the Saints in the Dome. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it was like 26-9, uh, double-digit victory. A victory. You look at that. Uh, but you look at Tampa's offense, they were averaging basically 15.5 points a game while losing 6-7 of seven at the midseason point. And then all of a sudden, uh, three consecutive games, uh, 29 points or more. What has mm-hmm. happened that they're able to like, double that uh, total, really, when you look at it? And if they – come on, if you're scoring 29 points or more, you could beat anybody. Yeah, I think Dave Canales and Baker Mayfield really are just kind of in sync right now. I think, you know, obviously anytime you have a new quarterback on a team, there's a growth period. Anytime you have a new offense, there's a growth period. And then we have both, a new quarterback and a new offense, uh, and especially two guys that have never worked together before. You know, Dave was part of that staff in Seattle, you know, up until this season, and there were those stories that they wanted to trade for Baker when the Browns ended up trading to the Panthers. So, obviously, you know, Dave is this part of came from a staff that certainly thought there was a fit there. And I think that the recent production uh, especially proves that that theory was correct. But, you know, there's going to be that growth period and there's going to be that time that you need to really get in sync with each other. And I think that the game flow – uh, and the play calling is marrying what the quarterback wants, what the quarterback is seeing and is comfortable with. And then the quarterback, I think, because he feels really comfortable in what his coach is going to call into the huddle, he's out there seeing the field uh, better than ever before and just taking advantage of, of all the weapons that we've been discussing. And, and really the bottom line of it is it's the efficiency that Baker Mayfield is playing. You know, you talk about those points, and those points are great, but you got one game there, five yards per pass attempt, one game, eight yards per pass attempt, and one game, nearly 14 yards per pass attempt. That was his perfect rating game uh, against the Green Bay Packers. So it's not like every single game he's just going out there taking chunk right. shots. You know, he's being smart and short when he needs to be. He's taking the shots when they're available. And I think that speaks to the game plan, the play caller, and the quarterback really being all on the same page. David, what can you tell us about the rookie linebacker, Yaya Diaby, impressive, leading the team with six and a half sacks. Uh, overall, yeah. a big hit for this team. That was a uh, uh, their third-round pick. No, Yaya's been great, and I'll tell you when he was when he was selected. You know, he's a guy that you know mock drafts are, are mock drafts, and you know we're we're all going to hit on. You know, if you do enough mock drafts, you're going to hit on enough guys that they're pat yourself on the back, right? But Yaya was a guy that James Jarko, myself, uh, my co-host, a lot of Bucks, we really kind of focused in on him a, a good amount leading wow. up to the selection meetings, and and he was just a guy that every like we just as we as we got closer, so every time we came around, we're like, you know, this, this Yaya Diaby guy, like he's he's really excited. So when he got picked. Uh, we were really excited for him, really excited to see what he was going to do. And, and he's been, you know, everything that I think that we've really expected him to be 
uh, and more a little bit. And, you know, when, when you look at the Buccaneers defense, there's some disappointment tied to guys like Joe Tryon, Schlenka, maybe not as developed uh, as, as much as you want to, and Logan Hall as well. But a guy like Yaya Diaby and, and even, you know, the rise of a guy like K.J. Britt, who didn't get a lot of burden last week, but he's an off-ball linebacker who's been really kind of proving his way. And then the excitement of Kalijah Kansi. Like, there's a lot of young guys on this team that when you look at a team who's in, you know, dire salary cap straights and all that stuff, and you guys know about teams managing uh, those weeds and all that, he's a guy that gives you confidence when you're covering this team or if you're a fan of this team that even as they negotiate and untangle these salary cap situations, they're going to be able to remain competitive uh, for years to come, you know, as long as, yeah, I can stay healthy, of course. Now, uh, you know, David, when you look at um, expectations and um... – and obviously, uh, talking from a fan base and, and maybe uh, all the media that covers the Buccaneers, then you look at Vegas. Uh, uh, look, everybody's, ah, Tampa Bay. They could be the bottom of the NFC South. Obviously, you know, Baker coming into the fold. Uh, over and under was six and a half wins. And they look, uh, they definitely surpassed that. Uh, so when I, the question I have for you, because you can, uh, this happens every year. You look at AFC and NFC, I would say definitely AFC, uh, baby, because of C.J. Stroud. Now he's dealing with his hurt in the back. But uh, that was a surprise in the AFC. Uh, I still mm-hmm. think uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC. Who's been a bigger surprise in the 2023 season? I mean, uh, are, are you in that number? Or you said, uh, well, uh, I knew they were going to be better than maybe what Vegas thought uh, because – to yeah. me, when I look at the NFC, AFC, who's a better story? Now, you can have different uh, st- uh, storylines, uh, but as far as wins and losses, who's a better st- uh, story than the Houston Texans or the Buccaneers right now? Yeah, I think I would have to go Houston Texans. I think I definitely had lower expectations for the Texans uh, than I did the Buccaneers. I, I had the Buccaneers personally. I kind of looked at them as second in the NFC South behind the New Orleans Saints, and then it was, you know, it was, a, it was a matter of attrition, right? Who was going to suffer the big injury and, and all those things. And when they played, who was going to have the bounce ball the right way and, and some of those things that happened in those key divisional matchups. Uh, I think I projected the Buccaneers to win somewhere around nine games in our, in our preseason projection. So I was definitely more confident in what the Buccaneers had just because, you know, I've been covering a lot of these guys. I started covering the team in 2015. So Mike Evans' second season was my first season, really, you know, up close and personal looking at these guys on a, on a regular basis. So, seeing some of these guys that have been on this roster and kind of knowing who they are a little bit. I just felt like, you know, while Tom Brady got a lot of credit for a lot of the success they had, and he deserved a good amount of that credit, right. you know, there were talented players on that on that roster. And looking at the coaches, you know, I felt like Dave Canales, he was the wild card. Like, Baker is a wild card all in, on himself, but Dave Canales was kind of really my big wild card. And so when I came into him, like, you know, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. There's a reason he's being hired as an offensive coordinator. There's a reason, you know, Seattle praises him so much. And I, I was able to speak to a good amount of friends of mine that cover the Seahawks, and they all kind of have great things to say about Dave. So, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on the positive side there, go nine games. Uh, unfortunately, they've made me, you know, they made me uh, be able to, you know, yeah, again, pat myself on the back here as much as I want to on the show. But yeah, because of that, I think, you know, I had higher expectations. But, you know, I think both of them obviously are, are good, are good stories. Uh, but, I mean, you know, the, the, the young rookie quarterback, you know, hopefully he can come back healthy at some point this season. But the young rookie quarterback leading uh, a team that was at the top of the draft in the playoff contention in his first season, is, I think it, that's, that's got to be the bigger story. Now, uh, Dave, before we let you run, because uh, everyone wants, oh, we got to have an offensive coach, offensive-minded coach. Uh, boy, uh, steady Eddie, I don't know if that's, that's the right term. 
Uh, but, David, how about Todd Bowles? I mean, I, I know he knows what he's doing yeah. about a defense, and it seems like right. the players respect him. I mean, you got to give Todd Bowles credit considering, oh, no, he, he's, he's going to be done. Uh, I think Todd yeah. Bowles has done an out, outstanding job. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the you know Todd Bowles, you mentioned, certainly has a respect to the locker room. Like, there's not a there's not a player, uh, you know, that I know of on that on that team in that locker room that doesn't love playing for a guy like Todd Bowles. And and the interesting thing about Todd is we we hear about it time and time again, and every once in a while you get to see a glimpse of it when the when the cameras aren't off or you're not in official capacity or what have you. But the Todd Bowles, you know, the real Todd Bowles versus the Todd Bowles you see at the microphone are two different people, and the one that they're playing for is not necessarily the one that you're talking to. Uh, during the press conference, so that kind of gives a little bit of a skewed, you know, a, a view of who he is personality-wise. And I think a lot of fans, I think, kind of find uh, Tobbles maybe a little bit hard to connect with because he is so reserved at the mic and, right. you know, doesn't really want to give a whole lot of information. But these players, they, they love him, you know what I mean? And uh, in fact, I mean, I also cover the Washington Commanders, and there's a player here, Benning Posai, who's who's a member of the roster in Washington. Uh He's a former Buccaneer, and you talk to him about Todd Bowles, and he still rants and raves about him and loves him, even though it's been like two years since he played for him. So, you know, he's the he's he's kind of guy that players respect, but they also kind of look at him as a guy that has their back. And, and you know, there, there's certainly been some head-scratching moments here and there. I think every head coach is going to have those. I don't think, you know, even, even Bill Belichick has detractors and, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, when you really look at this is his first season, you know, he inherited this team right before the NFL draft last year, post-combine, like there's really not a lot that he can do with it. But when you look at if this is year one of Todd Bowles really having control of this team and, and kind of starting to put his stamp on it, I think you have to be happy with the end product, even though you, know, you have the four-game losing streak there. That certainly doesn't help. But then finishing the way the season, the season the way they are right now, especially if they can cap this thing off this weekend and not have to worry about that Carolina Panthers game, then I think that, that builds a lot of goodwill heading during the postseason. And, and yeah, like you said, you have to tip your caps on a lot of great information there. Thanks, David. I appreciate you guys. Always awkward to talk quarterbacks, by the way, on this show. <laughs> well, David, you're very knowledgeable. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. For all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers, subscribe to Locked on Bucks on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.